Welcome to Leadership Dialogues, a podcast for the greater New Orleans region. Leadership Dialogues is produced by the New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute, a nonprofit which provides a variety of nonpartisan platforms to inspire and engage business and community leaders in the greater New Orleans region. Thanks for joining us. My name is Stephen Ruther, and I'm the Executive Director of the New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute. In today's episode, I'm joined by a friend whose professional path has intersected with mine throughout the years. Her relationships and roles within the greater New Orleans region have provided a pathway for young, talented people to realize their own opportunities to engage and to develop into civic-minded professionals. This is all while catalyzing her own growth and leaving her mark as a forward-thinking leader in New Orleans. Dr. Lindsay Jekiel Dioulis has over 15 years of working in the public sector, and she has served in a variety of roles in university and nonprofit settings, including her most recent selection as the Executive Director of the Young Leadership Council. In this episode, we'll discuss YLC, leadership, and Lindsay's vision for the development of human capital. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So, Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us, and congratulations uh, with your new role with the YLC, which I know you have a storied history with. Let's start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks. Um, my name is Lindsay Jekiel Dayulis. As of January 4th of 2021, I am the executive director of the Young Leadership Council, YLC, here in New Orleans. Um, I celebrated 10 years of being in New Orleans in 2020. So I'm, I feel like I'm becoming a New Orleanian. I can claim the, the local, although I am not a native. Um, in the time that I've been in New Orleans, I've done a lot of different things, but always in the public sector. So some time at the University of New Orleans, some time at Nunez Community College down in St. Bernard, which is actually um, where Stephen and I first met, um, some St. Bernard connections there. And then I started working as a professional fundraiser, worked at a very small nonprofit in development, and then um, recently was at a large federated nonprofit in the health and human services space. And the opportunity came to come back to YLC uh, for me after my time as a board member. And I decided that it was the right time for me to do that. So, um, yeah, 10 years in New Orleans, variety of experiences, mostly in education, health and human services, and back to YLC in 2021. Were you always intending to kind of be in the nonprofit space or educational space, or was that something that you accidentally fell into? Uh, like many people, it's it's a little bit of passion, a little bit of accident. I worked in higher ed for 10 years, and so for me, I was so enamored of the experience of being on a college campus that right after I graduated from undergraduate, when my alma mater said, would you like to work in admissions and run the tour guide program and recruit students, I said yes. And after three years of working in admissions, decided on a career path in higher ed and did a lot of different student affairs roles, residence life, leadership programming, community service programs, academic advising, a little bit all over in, in different areas of student services. And that was really you know, what I intended uh, to do was to be in the higher education space. But then um, actually, because of some of my experiences with YLC and as a board member and starting to learn more about the nonprofit sector and board governance and fundraising, 
I had the bright idea with the encouragement of some friends who were professional fundraisers at the time to shift into uh, advancement, what we call development in higher ed, and um, then followed been following that path in fundraising, advancement, development, whatever um, we want to call the folks that bring the money in to organizations. I've been doing that since 2015. So I was able to make that transition from higher ed into the nonprofit space um, relatively seamlessly. Um, I think, and for me, a lot of it starts with that that first job that was in admissions and recruitment and all those good transferable skills that I was able to build on and you know now really see myself primarily as a professional fundraiser. That's fantastic. And I know uh, before we get any, any further into the questions, I know you've had a, a really active role with the Association of Fundraising Professionals, and obviously they have some great uh, resources and some great uh, development opportunities for individuals. Uh, do you want to talk about your role with that organization? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so AFP, Association of Fundraising Professionals, is the international membership organization for professional fundraisers. And our chapter here in New Orleans is incredibly active and supports professional fundraisers as well as people who want to enter the field, uh, younger folks, maybe those getting to the end of their undergraduate career that are thinking about a career in, in the nonprofit space and, and just really trying to increase awareness of fundraising as a profession and really support the idea that it is a profession. There is a code of ethics. There is a set of skills that fundraisers should have. And so the local AFP chapter here does a lot of educational programming. Um, we've, like many organizations, moved a lot of that online. Um, and made it as available as possible to folks that are in the nonprofit space more generally interested in fundraising, board members who are volunteer fundraisers for organizations, and really just doing um, our due diligence to make sure that we have a strong nonprofit community. And that means that you know every organization is fundraising responsibly, ethically, in a way that treats their donors as, as people that we're in relationship with. So just encouraging all those fundraising best practices because then it makes the whole nonprofit sector stronger if we're all, if we're all doing um, really good, really thoughtful fundraising. So uh, obviously YLC, uh, the Young Leadership Council, has a great history in the New Orleans area. Um, they've accomplished uh, some really great projects that are very visible projects and well-known projects. Uh, could you talk about YLC's legacy and what, what are some major uh, initiatives that maybe people would know? So the organization was founded in 1986, so we are in year 35 this year, which is really exciting. I don't know if the group of people that got together and started it had had that vision at the time. I think they, they might have. Um, this is a little bit of an aside, but the the history of the organization, it was founded coming off a mayoral campaign, and there was a group of young professionals that volunteered for different campaigns, some in direct opposition to each other, but really felt energized by the opportunity to do that direct civic engagement and wanted to keep that feeling and that attitude going. And so that was how they came together to start YLC. So looking back across that 35-year history, some of the early projects that you can still see in the city today 
is a fundraising effort to put the lights on the Crescent City connection um, as, as part of a civic pride and beautification campaign, really seeing New Orleans as a world-class city that needed a world-class skyline to compete. Starting the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation um, that works hand in hand with our tourism industry to bring sporting events to the area that started initially through YLC and has it's been has been its own entity for quite some time. And the proud to call it home. Uh, some folks might remember the old billboards, but the bumper stickers and the shirts and the other things. Uh, recently, we did garden flags, so you may see some folks with uh, garden flags or the flags in front of their homes with New Orleans proud to call it home. That was started as a civic pride campaign um, through YLC, and that's something that we continue to day is to use that that proud brand and if there was ever a moment for some civic pride and for shouting proud to call it home from the top of our lungs I think it's now so um, we're going to do some more things with proud and just carry on that legacy so when I look back there's this really strong legacy of community projects that lean into this visibility civic pride community development space which is a little different from some of the day-to-day operational service projects that YLC also does and is very proud to do but the things that have stuck with um, with us as an organization and with the city are some of those things that are really um, really emphasizing how special we all know New Orleans is and and wanting everyone to feel that sense of belongingness here in greater New Orleans that's great. So going to your name, the Young Leadership Council, um, there's some key words there. Uh, we know, obviously, post-Katrina, New Orleans and our entire region has been a, a beacon for some talented uh, professionals and young people coming in um, to try to make a huge difference and positively impact everything that we have and rebuilding everything from educational systems to um, civic opportunities to be involved or perhaps career opportunities and tech and digital media and different things like that. So I'm really curious with the emergence of so many young professional organizations, how does the Young Leadership uh, Council define young? Who are, who's your target audience within that definition? And then what do you think leadership means uh, to those individuals and what does it mean for your organization? So YLC is focused on adults ages 21 to 42. So there's some variance depending on who you talk to about young professional. Some of the language that we're working to use now alongside the term young professional is early to mid-career adults because that to me is a little more inclusive and it's a little bit clearer um, with who YLC is looking to serve. And we do have people, because we serve folks 21 to 42, sometimes we do have people that are, are reaching um, maybe more senior levels in their career by the time they're ending their tenure with YLC. But I, I think that YLC, when we think about people, when we use that language early to mid-career, to me there's a little bit of a, oh, aha, I know, I know who y'all are now because it's that young, exciting, I think this person could make a good manager, but maybe they're a little untested. Um, that person can come to YLC and they can find out if they're good at project management or if they're good at managing people. They can find out if they like that type of work. They can hone those skills. And then when they go back to either 
seek a promotion, go out on their own and start their own business. They have a better sense of, of who they are personally and professionally, where they're strong, where they need some development. Um, so I'm really trying to focus on that that idea of early to mid-career professionals, but officially per our bylaws and all, and all of those good uh, historical documents, ages 21 to 42. I would love to hear kind of the role that YLC, I know you mentioned you've been here for just a little bit over 10 years now. Um, so you came here and, and, which I think you've been here long enough that you could be considered one of us, whatever that is. Um, but there's always the question, where did you go to school? And of course they're referring to high school. And, and so there are definitely barriers that exist just because of the historical culture that we've had within the city of it's a very small, big city um, or big, small city. And everybody kind of knows everybody. What has been the blend or the opportunities for individuals coming in to discover YLC and how, how has YLC helped them to uh, really become part of the community and integrate um, into all the different projects and social circles and networks and create opportunities for involvement uh, for those individuals? That's such a good question. And I think it's it's something I was just I was just listing in my head now the folks that I have met that have become friends of mine through YLC that can answer the where'd you go to school question because they did go to high school here. And, um, and, 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 and like that's the answer, right? Is that I showed up in New Orleans in 2010 as someone with a history of, in, of involvement, very involved as a college student, um, you know, residence hall leadership, fraternity sorority leadership, all, all of those things. And so as someone who is an always joiner, when I was looking for things to join and found YLC, uh, immediately I noticed that there was this cross-section of people who were new to the city, people who were from you know, multi-generational families that have been in, in New Orleans for a very long time. And so I think the what allows YLC to have that cross-section is that anyone in any field, profession, discipline can engage with YLC and grow through that skill exchange. And then as we've seen the talent pool change in New Orleans as, as some people that maybe are from here who went away for college and then have come back, the influx of people that came um, after 2005 and that whole mix, YLC is a place where those people can come together because if what you care about is helping youth create career aspirations so that they stay in school and achieve in life, you're going to be a YLC Power Ties volunteer and you're going to talk to amazing young people and their teachers who are who are working in eighth grade um, and tell them what you do professionally and get them excited about that as a career path. And Power Ties is one of our, our longstanding volunteer and service programs that does just that. And so, you know, it's, it's always about creating those opportunities for those intersections to happen. And I think YLC, you know, has, has evolved with the city in that way because the, the board of directors in, in, in those first years in 1986, 1987 looked, you know, would have looked very different um, than it does now in terms of uh, New Orleans nativity, non-nativity, as, as well as some other, you know, key demographics, right? The, the organization um, has changed, is changing, um, to match the city, and, and we do our best to be thoughtful about that. We can do better, 
we can do better, but we, we try to bring a thoughtful eye to that. No, that's fantastic. And so I know you mentioned power ties. Y'all have a whole slew of programs and initiatives uh, that y'all run on an annual basis. And I know that they've evolved and changed and um, over time. Uh, could you talk about some of those programs and initiatives that y'all typically uh, undertake? I know this year is a little bit of a strange year with COVID, but um, in your typical year, what y'all will be doing after uh, we have some sense of normalcy back in the world, what, what will your program of work look like? We've tried to keep some of the direct service projects going to the extent that we can. So YLC Recycles, the name is a little obvious as to what they do, um, it, but it's a they actually did a different version of their Mardi Gras recycling initiative that they've done for the past few years. So they've still gone out and done some um, cleanup and beautification projects, but YLC Recycles, it really started um, from the ideas of some members who looked around at our Wednesday at the Square concert series and said, we are generating a lot of trash. There's a lot of things that are recyclable that are ending up in landfills. And so they said, we, we need to recycle at Wednesday at the Square. And that became YLC Recycles that not only provides recycling for that YLC specific event, but does recycling at all kinds of events and festivals throughout the city and really has geared up for this Mardi Gras uh, recycling initiative in the past. So their Mardi Gras recycling initiative looked very different um, than it's done, but they did some interesting things on social media, like sharing with people, if you did a house float, how, what can you recycle as you're taking down your house float? So we've, we've managed to keep some of that, um, some of that moving along. Um, the other current projects, YLC Assists, which is hard, hard one to say, YLC Assists, which is a uh, one-off volunteer program. So working to support other nonprofits and really getting a group of YLC members together to do a, a one-time service project. So that's, you know, let's get up on a Saturday and let's work with another partner that needs to plant trees or do a coastal restoration oyster reef building or work on a playground or um, do, you know, planting or, you know, just this, those kind of one-off things where it's really the organization leading it just needs that those extra hands to make it happen. And our, I think I do want to mention our, our, one of our biggest projects and events that I think a lot of people, even if they don't know a lot about YLC, they know the event Wednesday at the Square in Lafayette Square, which did not happen in 2020. Actually, the first concert was scheduled for the Wednesday right after the city said no more events and we really all had to go into um, quarantine and, and take precautions because of the pandemic. But you know, we're trying to figure out what is the future of an event like Wednesday at the Square look like because it is an event that not only is important to YLC as an organization because we get to mobilize tons of volunteers to put that on, but it's also a way that YLC engages in community development because you look around at all of those vendors in the artist village, all those independent entrepreneurial artists and the musicians and the people who are working fest security and the uh, pop-up restaurants and food trucks who get to be out there and have a booth and expose a new audience to their unique product. So, um, you know, these that that's something that's a little further on the horizon. What is what is Wednesday at the Square look like in the future? Um, but 
that, you know, I, f- I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Wednesday at the Square because it's something um, people look to YLC to do um, and that, you know, does support the organization from a fundraising standpoint, but it does have this this net benefit um, to the to the downtown district. Um, and just, you know, to those individual, you know, vendors and entrepreneurs who get to participate um, in that as a festival series. Yeah, not to mention the fact also that uh, as an attendee, you have an opportunity to interact and build your network and build relationships and friendships um, or perhaps continue it outside of the office in a way that is uh, socially conducive to building deeper yeah, we, relationships. We do a ton of team building. I mean, we it's it's not uncommon to have the same you know group of people from a company come out and sell tickets together or um, or pour beer or hand out water or, you know, like sometimes we see that same, like, you know, oh, it's the whole HR team from this company or it's the accounting team from this company. So it does, you know, in that way, which is maybe a little more indirect, right? It's still that team building because fundamentally, I believe that leadership is about relationships. And so anytime that you're giving people the chance to interact with each other and to get into right relationship with each other, that's a leadership opportunity in my mind. Absolutely. So you've had uh, your own personal history with YLC, serving on the board of directors and being involved through so many different projects. At the end of the day, what keeps bringing you back to YLC? Because I know it's a, a big passion for you and it's something that you're putting a lot of your intellectual and personal energy and time and resources into. And now uh, getting to serve as the executive director, um, obviously you have a connection to it that transcends just this sense of joining and being involved in that capacity. What keeps bringing you back to YLC? It truly is the people that I've had the chance to meet, to get to know, many of whom I get to call friends now, that is, that is it. You know, YLC is in the business of human capital development. And what better way to show that that's actually happening than to look back and think about all of the individual people, you know, one-to-one personally that have taught me things, have enriched my life, have challenged me, have told me I was wrong when I needed to be told that, who called me out, who called me in. Um, you know, it's it's that. It's that ability to to build and sustain relationships and take a look at the people that I've had the chance to to meet and and grow with and grow alongside, um, and I feel honored to have been given the opportunity to take a look at um, the organization and and that next group of people that are coming through and play some small role in helping them um, on their own leadership pathway, connecting them with each other. Um, asking people what they're interested in, finding that right project, that right community project or volunteer opportunity so that I know they're going to not only do that skill development, but be surrounded with people that are going to both challenge them and support them. So, um, for me like that, you know, that is, that is what it's about. And that is fundamentally to me, what YLC is about is that we are in the business of people. Absolutely. And that goes back to, uh, Leadership is all about relationships as well. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, so for those who want to learn more about YLC or maybe uh, stay apprised of what's going on, what events, what programs, initiatives y'all have going on, what's the easiest way for them to follow you? YLC NOLA, Y-L-C-N-O-L-A. 
Um, org is the website. YLC NOLA is the Instagram handle. Um, and then Young Leadership Council on other social media platforms. But YLC NOLA, um, easiest way to get to the website. And then that's also the social media handle um, across some of the the platforms. So really, really easy. You know, we do have to we do have to tag it with New Orleans um, in that way. So uh, just to differentiate, there are you know similarly named organizations in other places, but we we are uniquely New Orleans. Um, you know, we are we are pr- very proud proud to call it home um, here in New Orleans. So YLC NOLA um, across multiple platforms and online. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Leadership Dialogues. We'd like to thank our annual sponsors whose support helped make Norley programs available in the greater New Orleans region. Our pinnacle sponsor is Entergy. Our legacy of leadership sponsor is Atmos. Our support sponsors are Jones Walker and Gamble Communications. Our stakeholder sponsors are Iberia Bank, Metairie Bank, the Miro Foundation, the Port of New Orleans, and Home Bank, and our recognized partner is Greater New Orleans, Inc.